It's the Great Dante Read-Through. It's the Great Dante Read-Through, where we are reading through all of the comic strip, The Adventures of Nikolai Dante. Co-created by Robbie Morrison and Simon Fraser from the weekly science fiction anthology comic, 2000 AD. I'm Simon Fraser. And I'm Edie Nugent, freelance writer and Simon's wife. Join us as we swashbuckle our way through the Russian Empire of the future. Warning, there will be spoilers. We will be talking in depth about these comics, so if you haven't read them yet, listen at your own risk. To join our book club and read along with us, go to shop.2000ad.com to pick up the books in hard copy or digital. Today we're reading Le Cadre Infernal, found in Prague's 1134, through 1137. Hi, Simon. Hi, Edie. So today, today, we are reading, you get to say the title again. The Cadre Infernal. I'm not going to say it like that when okay. I refer to it through this podcast. I'm just going to let you know it's not going to sound that good. Say Cadre Infernal. <laughs> the Cadre Infernale. Indeed. Um, and, uh, who, root, who, who root it, who wrote it, who, who wrote it? it, who drew it, who Ruby colored Morrison. it. Ruby Morrison wrote it. <laughs> Ruby Morrison. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, who, who drew it, who colored it? Uh, well, I drew it and it was colored by Gary Caldwell. This is the first time we're it's seeing Gary. the first Gary. time Gary colored my stuff. Yes. Um, yeah. And, Hi, um, Gary. Hey, Gary. If you're listening. Um, so what's interesting about and Gary's Annie Parkhouse letter and Annie Parkhouse letter, of course, letter, the as, indefatigable as Annie Parkhouse indeed lettered it. So, so what's interesting about the coloring on this one mm-hmm. is that it is done by hand with an airbrush. Oh really? Um, yeah, he actually airbrushed this thing. He masked it all. <laughs> he cut airbrush masks. He, he sprayed it all himself onto paper, uh, and then and that's how he colored it. Which is why it's kind of there's a lot of kind of big flat areas of color because. It's incredibly labor-intensive. I mean, that sounds... Mad. Mad, yeah. It, it was mad then. It sounds even more mad now, because he did not have a computer at that point. Uh, we had a discussion very soon after this, and saying, listen, if you're going to be doing this full-time, um, which I would li- I wanted him to do, it says, please, could you get a computer, because I worry for you. <laughs> um, oh my gosh, Gary, wow. Yeah. I wonder if he still has any of these pages, like what he what he sprayed onto. Um, I don't know where they are. I might have them. You might have I them. might have them. There's a big packet of coloring somewhere um, in the world. At some point when we take a break from this season, we have to like go, you know, or take a break from the season. When we finish our first season, whatever that's going to be, we haven't quite right. decided yet, but yeah. okay. um, we have to go through the archives, uh, you know, and just yeah. see what kind of Dante stuff you've got. Because this has got me all excited about what really? might be hiding out in your Oh my goodness. I mean, there's not archives. a lot of the old stuff, but yeah, this is starting to get... You never know what we might find. I don't remember what we have. Well, in any event, um, we are opening to a splash page. Another of the splash pages that show, you know, how 
how ruthless you guys can be and give an entire page away just to one page. I know, decadent. Decadent page, and this is possibly the most decadent decadent page we've seen yet. Certainly. Um, this splash page features Lulu Romanov, the sexy yep. and often inappropriate half-sister of Dante, mm -hmm. wearing a black latex bodysuit. Uh, well, not exactly. It's a. It's actually latex that's, that's poured onto her body, which is a well, real thing. We don't know that yet, do we? You're we getting can, ahead of you me. You can see it it's happening in the next page. <laughs> You're getting ahead of us. Um, Thigh-high laced boots she has mm -hmm. with a swarm of her tiny cybernetic creatures circling around behind her. Mm -hmm. She's holding a cigarette extender in one hand and a leash in the other. Yes. On the end of her leash is a pacifier, and mm -hmm. sucking on the end of the pacifier is Dante. Like Dante wearing a body on, harness. On all fours, yes. Wearing a leather and ring front harness, it looks like. Yep. Silky underwear, I think. Mm -hmm. And thigh-high garter stockings. Yeah, very fetching. He looks great. She looks great. I love this image. Hmm. And um, there are two stories about this image. There are. And I want you to tell the first one about why Dante is sucking on a pacifier. Well, it's one of the few occasions when we got censored. Um, I got a, a notification, a call, I think maybe from Dave Bishop at that point, because I was living in Vienna, so he used to call, and he said, you can't have the ball gag, which was what was originally drawn there. Um, please update it to a pacifier, which somehow is more more is better. I don't know why that would be better, but there you go. I love that that that, that makes the difference. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I think they're trying to defang the image somehow, make it less... Right. Um, well, a ball gag does look kind of extreme. I mean, the straps around the head yeah, 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 yeah. and the ball it's stretching open the mouth. I mean, you know. I, mean, we, I understand. I just. The I mean, first I time I ever to... saw a ball gag was you in know. Pulp Fiction. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's where and a lot of people first that's... saw a ball gag. <laughs> and that, uh, that wasn't that long before this, mm -hmm. for a handful of years. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, it was changed to a pacifier, which is hysterical that somehow the pacifier is okay because it's also really filthy and weird. Yeah. I mean, you're getting into a whole infantilism yeah. thing, which is a thing, but... So, this story takes place in Venice, Italy. Well, we were um, going to tell the second story, oh, the second about, story. about that image. Oh, yeah, you, you know, we can too? save that for the end, actually. Let's bookend it. Sure, yeah, we we will tell the second story we'll, about this image. It's an un unfinished story. Uh, yes. Um, um, so, we open in the Romanov Winter Palace. Yeah. And 2668, we're still in. Mm -hmm. Dante is summoned to Lulu's room and is greeted mm -hmm. by the sight of her being covered in futury liquid latex. Not that futury, because it actually exists. The thing is, I did research on this. I used to have a photograph of somebody actually being painted with this stuff, mm -hmm. which I liked so much, I pasted it to my bathroom wall. It became a part of a collage in my bathroom. My apartment at that at time had a, a collage of photographs I liked. This is I, in Vienna? Actually, no, this is my original apartment in Edinburgh. In Edinburgh? Yeah. In your bachelor this, days. In my bachelor days. And um, I, had, um, I had lots of like film stills and good images and stuff, and I, I PVA them all on the bathroom wall. It was a cool bathroom wall, um, and then I sold the apartment, so I'm not sure what happened after that. You but, sold uh, it as is with those pictures Yeah, on the wall? yeah, I didn't take it off. And the guy said he liked it, so sure. Okay. Amazing. I hope it's there still a, there. a giant, real extreme close-up of, of John Wayne's face staring at you as you peed, as I recall. That's, that cool. sounds like you. I thought it was hysterical. That sounds like you. Yeah. Well, she's having this uh, yeah. latex port on yeah. her, um, and... Uh, it's pouring out of the mouths of two large sort of serpentine dragon spigots uh -huh. on either yeah. side of her bar body. And apparently uh -huh. it hardens to form a hypoallergenic second skin that leaves little to the imagination and peels off as easily as unzipping a banana. 
I can't imagine you can get it back on again. After Though it, I wouldn't think so. I mean, that's mm -hmm. why she has to have like hot and cold running latex is because it's yeah. like, it's like one and done. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Um, but she says it might not be too kind to a body as hairy as Dante's, Yeah. which puts a question in my mind. Oh, oh really? Yes. What's that? So <laughs> Lulu gets full Brazilian wax then. Uh, presumably. Because otherwise, ow, when Why? she takes this off. If it adheres to hair. I presume this is something she does regularly. So, yeah, I presume, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. One, one would assume. I've never done... Uh, we, don't, we don't go into Lulu's never uh, debilatory with. habits. Debilatory. No, we have not. <laughs> Later in this, we didn't cover that, huh? Even Dante, I don't think we've discussed how he <laughs> trims himself. That tape. was just my third, first thought when she's like, oh, you're too hairy, Dante. I was like, Lulu, you're mm. telling us things about yourself. Um so anyway, she's wanting to take Dante as her plus one to a sabbat being thrown by the Cadre Infernale, mm -hmm. the Hellfire Club. Basically. Which uh, was uh, formed to allow aristocrats and politicians to indulge in decadence and vice without fear of scandal. Mm. Um, Dante's not so sure he wants to hang with a bunch of rich aristocrats, but Lulu convinces him by reminding him that he's half aristocrat. And promising him an evening of unforgettable entertainment. Can you be half aristocrat? I think it's one of these things you're either all the way or nothing. It's okay. I think. I don't right. Know. There's no. I don't think there's any half. You don't think there's that. any cachet in being part aristocrat? Having I, some noble blood? I think it's like, yeah, I think it's like being black. You are either are or you aren't. There's no kind of like part, part way. It is what it is. Well, I mean, I, that's certainly not true, Simon. No? There are people who are mixed race, so... Yeah, but the, it's, the, it's the, the, the mark. It's like once you have it, you have it. Well, then Dante's aristocrat. I yeah. guess you're saying then he can't be by yeah, half. Yeah, it's like it's your blood. It's, it's in your blood that, that makes what you, what you are. I guess, but like he wasn't raised in it. And when you talk about race is something different. Race is all around you. He wasn't raised in aristocracy. So he's he's raised in the streets. Yeah, well, so, they, they have adopted him into it. So I think I don't think, know. I, man. I think all that's required to be an aristocrat is other aristocrats to recognize you as being one. Okay, uh, that's really what it kind of. I don't think out. anyone recognizes Dante as an aristocrat, though. Um, well, I don't know. I, I mean, mean, maybe I, he's I getting think, there more. I think as that's his, the kind of question we're asking ourselves, his, and these okay. stories go go on is like whether or not he is. At what point does he cross the line mm. from being the sort of black sheep outsider that they use right. to being one of them, to yep. being responsible? Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, he did do the whole like you know, um, love love scam on on that lady uh, yeah. in in tour of duty. So that was pretty mean aristocrat behavior. Well, I mean, it's just scumbag con. Yeah. But, yeah. Yes. but he anyway. was doing it on behalf of the family. So yeah. I mean, you know. anyway. Anyways, so um, right. This so Lulu wants. She says she wants a better class of deviant to be allowed to join the ranks of the club, mm -hmm. and Dante fits the bill. Mm -hmm. And then we get this overhead view of a large square in Venice mm -hmm. where crowds of people are roaming the streets at night for the Carnival of Masks. Yes. It says where the ghosts of the past are said to rise from the depths and the entire population dons uh, traditional costume and distinctive masks. Yeah. Now, at this point, Robbie and I had actually been to Venice. We went to, when I, I mean, I drew this when I was living in Vienna. So we drove down to Venice from Vienna. We had a nice car at the time. It was quite an easy, easy drive. Uh, so we dove down with Debbie and his girlfriend, and we went and had a nice time in Vienna. In Venice, sorry. Venezia. Nice. It was very good. Um, we had a couple of times. Yeah? Yeah. That's Venice cool. Is, Venice is great. Go there. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Someday I'll go there. Yeah, I'll take you. Um, so, yeah, so we get this overhead shot of, uh, of folks milling around enjoying the carnival of masks. Um, and uh, apparently we're told in a voiceover that the cadre infernale takes advantage of the festivities to run their own own nightly sabbats mm-hmm. during the course of the carnival. Right. So, and that women of good virtue are advised to stay indoors to protect that virtue. And we see why this is. As we get a close-up of a young woman running through the streets, pursued by two figures on flying vehicles with whips, mm-hmm. and she stumbles past masked groups of people screaming for help before yes. she runs into Dante. Dante, being uh, all noble. Being all noble. Well, this is a clear-cut uh, place where Dante can be noble, right? He likes. These are British aristocrats flying around in flying lions. Uh, dressed in fox hunting gear. Uh, that's that's as if to underline yes. <laughs> underline the point, which is that um, Robbie doesn't. Want I I actually made the note here. Two men in pursuit are wearing insufferable British style <laughs> fox hunting gear. <laughs> it's just really yeah. really brings the point home as to what class of person we're talking Indeed. about in this cadre. Um, and so yeah, these are like winged lion versions of the chess horses. Mm-hmm. It looks like yeah, because it's Venice. Because Venice it's... is all about the winged lion. Are they? Yeah. What's mm-hmm. that about? It's the symbol of Venice. It's just the symbol of Venice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't know what the story is behind it? Uh, I can't remember. Okay. Interesting. Um, so apparently they're pursuing this uh, woman because the lady in question is a waitress who wouldn't submit to their sexual harassment. Oh, dear. Right. Um, which she apparently should have been honored by. Mm. Um, so Dante makes a bow out of his staff, out of his bio blades, and knocks both of the men out. Uh, one goes into the drink. The nearby mm. canal, and the other ends up hanging from a wooden pole, or I looked this up, Pale de Casada. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. what they call them. Is it? Okay. Yes, that. that's what they're that's called. That's where they tie gondolas the, to. The, mm. Yeah, it's mm. the, the, the Venetian. Moorings. Um, yeah, where they moor the gondolas. Mm-hmm. Um, and suddenly a man we learn is Captain Emmanuel is pointing a gun mm. in Dante's face, threatening him on behalf of the honor of those two bozos. Um, and we pull back to see Lulu's on the scene, mm-hmm. smoking sultry and mentioning just casually, Dante's my brother. And this brings the captain to heel, literally. Yes. He bows at her feet and begs her forgiveness for threatening someone who's her guest. Right. So, uh, Captain Emmanuel is based on Luther Arkwright, uh, Brian Talbot's Luther Arkwright, which is a famous, well, famous, very influential comic book, uh, which first appeared in Near Myths, um, in the late 70s. Uh, which was published by my comic shop, actually. When I was living in Edinburgh, there was a comic shop called the Science Fiction Bookshop in West Cross Causeway. And in the late 70s, they published something called Near Myths, which has achieved some legendary status, uh, as it was the first published, well, some of the very early published work by Brian Talbot, but also the first published work by Grant Morrison. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Some of those early books that you had that we were looking at? Um, a long time ago? I don't know if we looked at those. I have them, yes. Yeah. I don't think we've looked at them yet. But mm. there's very early stuff. Um, but definitely very Grant Morrison-y stuff. It's mm. all very uh, Michael Murcock inspired. But anyway, um, the character here uh, is Luther Arkwright. So um, tell me a little about Luther Arkwright. What's his, like, if you had to give me an elevator pitch as to who he is. He's one of the characters who kind of influenced Dante. He's a sort of like a sort of steampunk, swashbuckling. Okay. He's a... So that explains He's an, the pilot's kind of enforcer for <laughs> for a, a transtemporal agency. Oh, okay. Um, um, an interesting character. It's a very interesting yeah, comic, cool. and it's very good. Um, very influenced by Michael Moorcock, but um, who isn't uh, on the British, you know, 
sort of fantasy scene, fantasy sci-fi scene. Yeah, scenes. Everybody is, is yeah, there's a, there's a, more cock touches all. Everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this, this man, this not Brian Talbot guy, but mm -hmm. looking very much like him is apparently also Captain Emmanuel is also the head of British intelligence. Oh, goodness. Um, so uh, we get a look inside the venue after this that's hosting the Cadre's activities, mm -hmm. and it's quite a scene. Yeah. A large stone ballroom area that features a giant pentagram in the center of the floor mm -hmm. with a large bathtub. Which well, uh, looks like raspberry. Yes, filled with red <laughs> liquid, and it's surrounded by lots of men and less women. There are mm -hmm. a lot of men here and like kind of a, a sprinkling mm -hmm. of women. Yeah. Um, strolling around, being ridden like horses, laying nearly naked, sort of piled next to each other on the floor. There's even like a furry in a bear costume yeah, over here. Yeah, a bear costume. There's a, there's a sheep wandering around Where's randomly. The, oh, look, the sheep. There's someone wearing a little tiny sort of sexy panda costume, weirdly. Where's the sexy panda? Yeah, sexy panda. Oh my God, it is a sexy panda. You gave that panda a bra, Simon. I did. <laughs> and probably stockings and garters. That too. was you that did um, that. I did that. Um... <laughs> <laughs> not the first time I've had to do scenes of decadence, and not the last, for I sure. I seriously thought you were going to say, not the first time I've had to draw a panda in a bra. And I thought, um, <laughs> said something Simon, about my what career. part of your career have I missed? Uh, I said something about my career that I had to think about that, whether I had or not. <laughs> Well, hey, I mean, I think that means you're doing it right, you know. Sure. Um, so the crest explains that the Cahadra is descended from the Hellfire Club of mm -hmm. 18th century fame, where Bren Franklin, the Prime Minister, and the Prince of Wales were rumored to get their jollies off on the worship of sex and extravagant public decadence. Mm -hmm. Sounds like my kind of party. Sure. Interesting. Okay. Um, I mean, this is the same, this Hellfire Club has inspired so many things in so much media. Yeah, I mean, you just need to sort of give that outline and everyone then fills in the blanks with yeah. whatever they feel like. Like notably uh, in the X-Men for me yes. with Jean Grey and Jason Wingard and the whole... Yeah, which was then in turn influenced from uh, the Avengers, the original the whole Dark Steed Queen and Mrs. Thing. Peel. Does, yeah. she, does Miss Peel go all Dark Queen? Does she yeah. wear all black? Yeah, she, and... That's where the outfit comes from. It's uh, from Emma Peel. Have you not seen the photograph? No, see, now I want to watch it. Oh. Because I, I really love that storyline in the X-Men. It's like my favorite... Slightly disappointing, but I'm not 100% sure. Jean Grey sure. gets all mind warped. Yeah, well, that, I think it so had a good. profound influence on, on Chris Claremont. Yeah, I would And in be turn, it had a profound right. influence on us. And then this is, and then here this it is, is where you end up with. Here it pops up again. Well, mm. this is somewhat different. Um, so Dante strolls in, helps himself to the bathtub of what he figures is wine, and discovers to his horror that it's blood. And there's a lady in it. Yes, he spits it out, and this fierce-looking woman emerges from the literal bloodbath mm -hmm. and tells Dante it's okay to drink. Her donors go through rigorous health checks. <laughs> See, that doesn't help. This is that health and safety thing I was talking about with the pool of goo when yeah. we were in tour of duty. They had right. no health and safety. Mm -hmm. They're very health and safety here in the cadre. Well, Rigorous health checks. Um, good. So, <laughs> she introduces herself as Camilla Le Fanu. Le Fanu, yes. High priestess of the cadre. Yeah. She explains she bathes in blood to preserve her youth and name checks the Countess Elizabeth de Bathory. Yes. So Le Fanu is a reference to the writer of Sheridan Le Fanu, who's the writer of Camilla, which is one of the first uh, vampire novels. Oh, yeah. Right. We've ba talked about this. Yeah. Elizabeth Bathory is, of course, a famous lady. Well, lady. I actually wrote a little piece on her. Did you? Yes, I did, oh, because she, um, the, uh, we have a, a lovely, uh, I don't know if they could hear that. 
Mm-hmm. We have a, a motorcycle going by outside mm-hmm. our house. Yeah. Um, bless those people who ride those motorcycles that are way too loud and everyone hates them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wrote a piece on American Horror Story and uh, American Horror Story Hotel, um, Lady Gaga plays a character that's inspired by the oh, yeah? Countess de Bathory, mm-hmm. um, who was a 16th century Hungarian noble. Yes. And uh, she did all kinds of terrible things to her servants, like all Mm -hmm. kinds, like torture, nailing Mm -hmm. people alive to things. Um, It was rumored that she bathed in their blood and murdered people to get their blood Mm -hmm. and ended up um, imprisoned in a windowless castle because since she was a noble, she couldn't actually go on trial. That apparently was a a thing back in the 16th century. Right, and Mm -hmm. Hungary is like, well, we'll just lock her up in a a Mm -hmm. windowless castle, which I think is worse. Um... (laughs) But in any way, in any event, uh, Camilla says her donors give her blood in exchange for not paying taxes. Not so sure which is worth. That's worse. that's her that's her way of sidestepping, ending mm-hmm. up locked in a castle. Um, mm-hmm. So she then flashes some fangs at Dante, mm-hmm. who asks if they're just for show, and she mentions having torn the throats out of a few fools who displeased her, mm-hmm. um, and asks Dante what he thinks of the party, and he's like, eh. Hmm. everyone's trying too hard yeah which is like so cold that is like the worst thing you can say at someone's sex party is like mm, everyone's a little try hard you know yeah it's like, I, this, I, this is gonna be fun right <laughs> this is fun yeah we're all having fun right yeah i had everyone? a friend yes. who was Not. describing a sex party she got roped into going mm-hmm. to and that was basically how she described it and she yeah, was like, like everyone was just way too excited to be there in a way that was awkward yeah. Not in like a fun, more enthusiastic way, but like in a look at me kind of awkward way. That, yeah, that's yeah. about right. So that's what we got going on here, apparently. Um, of course, this offends Camilla. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she introduces Dante to the Countess Magoa Hollow. Magda. Magda Hollow. Is it Magda? Yeah. Oh, I kept saying Magoa. That's a D. Magoa. 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 No, Magda. Okay, mm-hmm. good old Countess Magda Hollow. Mm-hmm. The dominatrix of Dusseldorf. Yeah. Who, <laughs> I love what she says to Dante. Mm-hmm. When was the last time you, you cried, cried, boy? boy. <laughs> it's fantastic. So she's tall, kind of built like a linebacker mm-hmm. um, with a... a neck uh tattoo of barbed wire mm-hmm. and tattoo on her well, head I think she might actually be wearing barbed wire you think wire that's right actually barbed I wire I, I don't remember you drew it i probably you can't tell yeah let's say it's a tattoo let's say it's a tattoo okay i didn't see it like digging into her flesh mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. why i assumed mm-hmm. tattoo but either way either intense. way it's possible she would do that just for fun anyway right um and she is walking a man on a leash mm-hmm. Uh, who's on all fours next to her, and a get-up similar to Dante in the splash page. Mm-hmm. That's what Dante's wearing. Yeah, sorry about the splash page, folks. Dante never actually wears that. I, I know. It's sort of a metaphor, isn't it? It's a, um, me- it's a metaphor. It's a metaphor. <laughs> and uh, so um, uh, Lulu's taking this all in. She's watching this go down and seems mm-hmm. super happy to see mm-hmm. that Dante's getting his cup up and from... Uh, from Magda. Mm-hmm. And Magda then forces Dante to a dungeon area mm-hmm. and tells him that it's been a while since she's encountered a font of male arrogance as deep as yours. Wow. I believe her. Really? Dante is really, I mean, <laughs> he's kind of the worst for that. <laughs> I mean, super arrogant. I mean, we just had uh, two English aristocrats chasing a young woman through Venice on wearing... Uh, 
fox hunting gear. I don't know if I'd call that arrogance as much as entitlement. Mm, I feel like there's a difference there. There's a difference between entitlement and arrogance. Yeah, I think arrogance is is, um, a little more active, whereas they seemed very comfortable in their power. I think arrogance is like something you kind of... You put out I there. I, would I think it's Dante an active. Of being arrogant. I don't know if he's arrogant. He's self-confident, but I'm not sure that's arrogance. All right. Well, anyway. uh, either way, she she is not picking up what he's throwing down. Yep. So she is gonna gonna drain the arrogance out of him. Okay. She says, mm-hmm. and uh, you've got a nice illustration of her sort of grinning, mm-hmm. pushing his hands back over his head. Right. Um. And she's describing all the things she's going to do to him, mm-hmm. like lit cigarettes between the toes, all kinds of stuff. And then whoop. Pass. Dante says pass and slips his hands Does down in front of his, his face. Consent. Yeah, I was going to say, consent you know, for a dom, yeah. this was very not consenty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess we're in like a underground power brokers kind of sex club. So I don't know. they don't really follow good rules of no. of engagement here. But no. I was a little disappointed in Magda that she was mm. that she was forcing him into this this way. That's not cool. Mm. Um unfortunately she gets uh she's about to be uh completely uh punished for it in a way that's uh, outsized. Mm. Um but in any event um Dante turned the tables. She's now strapped into a St. Andrew's cross that she had been trying to strap him into. That's Y-shaped. It's not St. Andrew's cross. Oh, it's not? It's it's Y-shaped. Oh, look at that. Well, what would you call that? Y-cross. Y-cross? That sounds less cool. All right. I don't know. The Y-cross. And he says he's going to free her in a few days. Mm -hmm. And strolls off. Lovely. So, yeah, real nice. So he leaves the party. And I don't think he's really going to leave there, her there for a few days. I think he's just One posturing. One that somebody would release her? Yes. Um, so he strolls outside and stares moodily into a canal uh, while the Crest questions why Dante would walk out on an orgy. Fair question, Crest. Well. Um, and he says that it can all seem kind of pointless. And we see him looking at his own reflection in the water and visualizing Ellie... Playing with his reflection's hair. Oh, he's mourning. He's mourning. I told you he was still mourning her. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I love seeing her there, though. Yeah. I love seeing her. Not I love Ellie time. so much. Yeah, not the last time he mourns her. Good. Because mm-hmm. it means I get to see her again. Yeah. Keep keep her alive in your heart, Dante. I want to see her. <laughs> um so, uh, suddenly a group of rich-looking uh, men with guns come up behind Sad Boy Dante. Mm-hmm. One and of whom is Emmanuel. One of whom is Emmanuel, um, who says he should have shot Dante before when he had the chance, accuses him of being a monster, mm-hmm. and leads Dante back to the dungeon uh, where he left the Countess Magda all strapped up. Mm-hmm. And we see that she's been murdered, bled to death. Ugh. All over the cross, we can't quite see like mm-hmm. where the injury is, but it's her neck. Has been it's her up. neck, but yeah, yeah it's it's, it's, it's yeah. pretty bad, um, yeah. pretty grisly. Diablo. Yes, indeed. And just as the captain vows to bring Dante uh, to their torturers that they've got on hand to get the truth out of him, because mm-hmm. Dante's denying, of course, I didn't, I didn't kill her. Lulu steps in and summons her cybernetic entities, which devour their prey in insect-like swarms, mm-hmm. according to the voiceover. Yeah. Um, and her swarms, well, swarm him. Yeah. Uh, and Dante is again defenestrated into a canal below. Yes. Should be pointed out. Um, uh, inside note is that some of the monsters. 
that uh, Lulu is producing for my hands here um, were directly lifted from Half-Life, which I was playing at this time. <laughs> <laughs> my brother and I, my brother came over for Christmas that year and we played Half-Life all the way through. Uh, and there's some hound eyes in there. There's uh, face huggers. Uh, what else? But um, yeah, there was a lot of monsters influenced by Half-Life there. Excellent. Hmm. Um, so yeah, so Dante goes straight out the window into the canal. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, Lulu tells the captain she needs some time to herself after killing her brother, even if he was a bastard. Hmm. Um, and that they won't find his body because her swarm will entirely devour him. Mm -hmm. Nothing nothing shady at all about these things Lulu is saying. Yeah. Um, Nothing to see here. Nothing to Justice see here. Justice has been done. A little sus, as the kids say today. Mm. Um, Dante then surfaces on a rain-soaked ca uh, canal shore, where Lulu waits in a gondola, mm -hmm. explaining that this was all part of her plan to keep Dante from torture. Yes. Dante still feels like an accessory to murder for strapping Magda to that cross mm -hmm. and vows to find her real killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lulu tells him that might be hard because she had enemies, especially because she wanted to foment support to replace Camilla as the high priestess of the cadre. Mm -hmm. So Dante and Lulu return to the dungeon and Dante's crest discovers a nano camera mm -hmm. in a nearby statue, which turns out to be a door to a lower dungeon from that dungeon. Yes, the nano camera looks like a little statue of Napoleon with a telescope. Subtle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You, nothing to see here. <laughs> nothing to see here in this telescope. So the interesting thing um, about this splash page, which mm -hmm. is good. Oh, well, I'm about to describe okay, it real okay, quick, and then then you go on. Okay. Um, so uh, basically, um, the lower dungeon is the Cadre Infernale's blood bank. Dante calls it mm -hmm. rows and rows of women in various states of undress, encased in glass pods, mm -hmm. draining their blood into a large pool. So what were you going to say about this scene we've just walked into? Uh, I've done this scene twice now. Uh, the second time, which was after this, was drawing a script by John Wagner, which was a dread script um, about draining bodies of fluids. So I was like, wait, am I doing the same thing Are again? Are you the go-to draining fluids guy? I'm not sure if it was deliberate that I get to do it because I did it before or just ac it was accidental. Have people draining into a pool. Get yeah. me Simon Fraser! <laughs> Pretty sure it's impossible. I don't think you can drain blood like that. I think you'd have to put like anticoagulants in it, otherwise it'll just get sticky it'll just and start just dry out. Yeah, and yeah. Disgusting. But anyway. Well, you know, it's the future. Theatrical effect. Mm-hmm. Um, so the crest scans everything and says that the life signs of these women are weak but stable and they're mm. being kept alive to be bled. Right. Dante has the crest infiltrate a computer system that's facing the blood bank. Mm-hmm. And pulls up a video of Camilla, the high priestess, ripping the throat out of Magda. Mm -hmm. Dante tells the crest to record the footage and try to free the blood bank women. Just when Camilla descends from above and goes straight for Dante's neck. You're already damned. Well, you're damned already, boy. You're damned already, ah! boy. Um, Next yes. frog, bloodbath. Bloodbath. Um, so Dante manages to pry the priestess off his back and uppercut her. Mm -hmm. asking if she likes how he tastes. And she says he tastes alcoholic and asks if he has a drinking problem, oh. which is great. Let's face it. <laughs> I mean, fair, you yeah. know. Mm -hmm. um, he says he only he only drinks when women like her drive him to it, yeah. which is weak sauce. Mm -hmm. But listen, I'll take it because you drew Dante extra sexy here. Really? He looks real good there. Mm -hmm. 
He looks real good. Mm. He's looking super handsome through this whole issue. I'm pretty happy I with the artwork on this one. This, this, I, I kind of up my game. Of it, I feel for this episode. Yeah, we were kind of waiting to get here because yeah. this is where you said you felt like you really clicked in. Yeah, I mean, this you have in kind of a new way. Yeah, you maybe have you, these, you have these periods where you some stories where you just suddenly like feel you've moved on a bit and you've got better. So this is one of those ones where I felt like I was I kind of got better as an artist. Well, I think it looks great. So I think I think that's well observed. Up all right. Yeah, um, no, it looks good, and and Dante looks really hot through this whole thing. Thank you. Yeah, um, like he he outshines the women we meet in this, which is yeah. unusual. Oh, a lot of partially clothed women. Yeah, but, there yeah. are, but he's yeah. just yeah. in sexual situations, but not sexualized. Yeah, well, there you go. It is an interesting distinction. Yeah, I'd know. say Dante's clearly the sexual object here, just in terms Dante's of the gaze the on him is very Dante's like, hey, the hey there. Um, Quite deliberate. Mm, uh, so uh, Dante asked the Countess how these blood bank babes are the willing donors that she'd previously mentioned, because mm -hmm. obviously they're not yeah. <laughs> taking part in anything mm -hmm. uh, of their own volition. And she answers that these are women who are jobless, and this keeps them off the streets. Oh, so she's well, an altruist. yes. Okay, this is like—is this like a Thatcher policy? Yes. <laughs> it sounds like really Margaret Thatcher. Listen, <laughs> we're solving homelessness and joblessness. Nobody else was using them, so there. <laughs> so she faces off with Dante with a swinging uh, mace and battle axe, mm -hmm. and Dante bests her with another punch to the face with mm -hmm. a chain wrapped around his arm. That had to hurt. Mm -hmm. Um. And uh, asks her if she murdered Magda pr to protect her seat as high priestess. Mm -hmm. And Camilla says that only Lulu wants her seat, not Magda. Mm -hmm. And Magda was her closest I've friend. I've Magda since finishing school. She was my closest my friend. Closest I loved friend. her. I loved her. She hits Dante with a wooden torch while screaming Do how she loved me? her. Loved her. This I'm is beautiful. To... The way you did this art here mm -hmm. really brings across how angry she is that Magda's dead. This mm -hmm. was great. I totally felt this when I was reading it. Mm -hmm. The way she's sort of screaming up to the sky and the look on her face. Mm -hmm. Just wonderful stuff, Simon. Thank you. Really, really I'm good. Grief and well. anger. It it looks great. Mm -hmm. um, and so she hits Dante with the wooden torch, right, and tries to drown him in the blood bank pool. Yep. And just when she thinks she's done the job, and we have this wonderful panel of her kind of relaxing for a moment after she thinks she's mm -hmm. killed Dante, and she's smiling and crying with, mm -hmm. like, tears coming down her face. It's, mm -hmm. like, wild. Yeah. Um, and then she has a reaction shot of kind of a, ugh. Yeah. And we see Dante rise from the pool and he's spearing the priestess sort of behind his back with his bio blade, mm -hmm. sort of shish kebab style. Yeah. She falls down into the blade onto his back and mm -hmm. then applause ring out. Yes. And we realize that Dante has an audience. Mm -hmm. Lulu has apparently shown the Cadre Council Dante's video evidence. Don't know how the hell she got that. <laughs> um, and I the think we can guess. Somehow through his crest, I guess. Um, because he just said Crest recorded. She wasn't there for any of this, but okay. Um, and the captain announces that they will install Lulu as high priestess. Mm -hmm. And then we see Lulu in a lovely evil throne, mm -hmm. uh, with a room full of the influential and powerful men of the cadre bowing before her just as she wanted. Yes. And I like that Dante's just like wearing like a, a black Dante shirt and sort mm -hmm. of looking petulant, mm -hmm. turning his head away. Yeah. Um, he's like... 
sure I have to be here for the ceremony, but I'm going to wear black and be like mad. A, like a good little stooge. Be angry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm going to register my protest through clothing. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, uh, Lulu explains to Dante, because he's like, how did you do this? Like, how did mm -hmm. you get away with this? And she explains that her swarm can also infest technology mm -hmm. somehow and alter digital images. Mm -hmm. So Lulu basically deep faked Camilla yep. to win the throne. Mm -hmm. And Lulu says she proved true to her word and gave him an unforgettable evening of entertainment, as <laughs> promised. There you go. So that's the end of the Cadre Inferno. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm pleased with this one. Yeah. yeah. Do you I'm want to talk a little bit about this? Um, I, yeah. I mean, I'm happy with the last image on it, the last panel. Dante looking a bit grim and then basically surrounded by people with, like, demonic masks. Yeah, we're getting some eyes wide shut going on here. Yeah. You know, a long time before Eyes Wide Shut. Creepy people. And these are actually some of the same masked people we saw before. Um, mm -hmm. You actually called back this this grinning son. The heliotrope. Yeah, yeah he, he was there before when that woman was running away from the fox hunters. Yeah. He was part of the crowd that she ran into that ignored her. And there's also the, the black and white masked guy, with which, which is a reference to the prisoner. By the way. Oh, really? We haven't got to that part. I yet. haven't got We're to that part yet. Now. Gosh, we got to finish the prison. We do have to finish that. We really do. Yes. Um. So okay. So now we can tell the other half of the story. Oh yeah, yeah. Of yeah. our image, uh, our splash page image mm -hmm. that opened this whole mm -hmm. crazy tale. So this one. Um, dates we have a mystery basically we so we're gonna mystery. put this mystery to our listeners maybe somebody listening will will know someone something. in the rebellion head office we're, will build a that's your theory it has to be rebellion yeah, yeah, right they're so, the only ones who had the image so so the, so we we arrived at the 40th anniversary mm -hmm. convention yeah uh set up by rebellion for 2000 ad uh that was in tw early 2018 mm -hmm. um or no no, we were just engaged, so it was 2017, 2017 early 2017, yeah. and uh, we get to the table with your yeah. name on it, and mm -hmm. there's this image waiting for there's us. A, a foam core print. Like of, large size. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's full full size, yeah. um, A3 size, mm -hmm. print of the black and white line work of that opening splash page, but the original version with the ball gag. With the ball so gag. So that had to be... Um, and Lulu's nipples, because you had to kind of... No, I didn't. I think the, the no, they're just shadow. There's no nipple here. It's no, in the comic, right. but it's not here. Not. Okay, anyway. Yeah. So yeah, the the so the original uncensored version mm -hmm. printed onto a piece of foam core uh, and left on the table. So I'm not sure why that exists. With no note, it no was note. just sort of waiting know. there for us. Oof. Like, welcome, Simon. Has this a thing been passed around <laughs> the office? Was this a thing the rebellion did and like? stuck on the wall somewhere and then basically went embarrassed and, and then gave it to me or something what's going on there like nobody claimed it nobody yeah. mentioned it yeah. Matt, it was... did you do this <laughs> who did this we really want to know it's 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 proudly displayed yeah, in this would be Bishop your studio era, by the way. this is definitely dave bishop era so andy diggle might have been assistant editor at this point so if you're listening andy let me know <laughs> but we have it proudly displayed in your it's in the studio in yeah. the studio you know, yeah yep. it's up there on mm -hmm. the wall yeah. Oh, and the original artwork, by the way, is owned by Robbie. He has it. Uh, he has it framed. Oh, does he? Yes, he does. Oh, boy. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, were you excited when you got this story? You'd been you'd been off the book for a little while here. We had Tour of Duty was done. Well, this was, we were trying to catch up because we needed to get a lot of Dante done and there wasn't a lot of me to do it. So I did two stories, which are the ones I wanted to do, which was the, the Lulu one and the... Uh, 
the Andreas ones. Both which the I weird, were the most, sexy stories. Yeah, the, the ones I thought would be most fun to do. Yeah. Uh, and I, yeah, and that, that was, so then we got Charlie to do a bunch of other ones and um, yeah. Andy Clark, and that was great. And they caught, caught us up, mm-hmm. uh, which then got me, uh, wait a minute, I think, yeah, so the hunting party. Hunting party's Hunting next, party's yeah. coming up next. Uh, and then there's some. Fist of Fury. Fist of Fury, and then The Last Dance of Chinese and Siberian Express, which again sort of catches up and lets, gave me time to get on to Courtship of Jenna Makarov, which is the next big arc. Oh, that's way ahead, uh, honey. And, yeah, it is, it is but um, then, of course, the we into and yeah, okay. And then the You're about first. to start talking about spoilers. I no, can no, no, see no, it no, on no, your I'm just, face. I'm just looking at who's who's drawing what. Mm-hmm. But this this all these short stories were put together as a kind of like world-building exercise, but mm-hmm. also as a way to get other artists in to fill in to get to give me enough headroom so that I could then go on to do courtship because courtship was a big one. Right. Uh, it was a lot of work, so yeah. I had to be. Uh, that was all going to be me. Right. It was like eleven episodes. Whew. Yeah. That's a lot. So the, the plan was to do that. I was part of this, the, the the organization of it. So where were you living when you drew this? Vienna. You were in Vienna. Vienna, Austria. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's exciting. Well, I'm glad that we finally came to something that you can look at and just go. I'm really proud of that. Yeah. This is kind of the first time we're doing that in this podcast. I mean, I can pick individual holes it, and things, but it's, it took it's still... it took till episode twelve yeah. for us to get. <laughs> and this is the bits I like of the earlier ones, but this is one I but like. But this all is the, the one where through. you feel good about it all. Yeah, the way through. Pretty, pretty much. Yeah, it's, it's closest to what I would consider to be an adequate job. Right. And was it just? Did you? What do you think made this click for you? Did you just connect to the subject matter more? That it was well, kind I of had like an weird. Idea for and... the, the atmosphere and what was going on very much better because it was set in, in Venice and mm. we'd been there and I had reference photographs and I was kind of ready for it. Um, it just felt like it was going to be a lark. And did nice you just kind of thing. relate to have fun drawing Lulu? And yeah, it seems I mean, like Lulu, you really have a lot of well, fun drawing yeah, her here. I mean, like this, Lulu is fun inverted commas to draw yeah she looks great and it's always fun to having drawn it but the work of drawing her outfits and her her cyber demon swarm is nightmarishly hard because it can she tends to wear rather ornate lace work and she tends to have uh lots of little tiny bugs and demons (laughs) and things flying from her eyes or hands or whatever Mm -hmm. so lulu is a mixed blessing to be sure Mm. well with that we are closing the book on Dante for today. But we will be back next week with The Hunting Party and more listener questions. So questions. We have so many of them. We had we we had some more we didn't get to last yep. time. And uh, we are putting the call out. If you want to throw up some more listener questions mm-hmm. in the next week, go ahead and do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be happy to answer them. Um, we hope you enjoyed the podcast. And if so, please subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Leave us ratings, reviews, wherever you can. Tell your friends to listen to it. Uh, Follow us on Twitter at PodTGDR. And uh, we now have a Facebook community as well, The Great Dante Read-Through, so you can add that if you prefer your facey book Mm -hmm. to your Tweety friends. Um, Let us know what you think of the podcast of Dante Comics, whatever is on your mind. I'm Edie. And I'm Simon. And we will catch you next time. See ya. Thank you.